toasty. There's a fire. It's it's kind of sexy. I have a headache, but I always have a headache. Yeah, I also am physically miserable, but that's normal as well. So what else is new? Nothing. I also drank that disgusting peach cola right before this, so. Well, so my name's Kai. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Okay, my name's Hannah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And we have a very special guest we this do. week. Hi, I'm Julia. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Hi, Julia. Hi, Julia. Welcome to the pod. Hi. Say hi, also, Aaron. Hi, my name's Aaron. I'm the producer. My pronouns are he and his. Thank there you, Aaron. <laughs> hi, Aaron. Um, so, Julia, tell us a little bit about who you are, and then we'll do our regular, like, weekly things. Who Who are you? Why are you here in my home? Oh, <laughs> great. Thanks for um, the question. So, I am Julia, and I'm here in your home. I am dating your producer, what? Mr. Aaron. What? I know, big surprise. <laughs> uh, so, I actually ended up in town this weekend for a surprise visit. Um, so we were moving to Austin and we had plans to go to Austin this weekend, but our friend Tiffany was throwing a Halloween party and Aaron really wanted to go. Uh, so I was like, well, let's move our trip. And then I secretly schemed with all of his friends that I would come visit and he would not know. And we surprised him on Friday night. Um, and then now there's this great snowstorm, so I'm stuck here until tomorrow. Uh huh. So now I'm here. Well, and we I love get it. to hang out with you guys. Yay. Well, it's delightful. It's Julia, delightful. how do you identify? I identify as feminine. I feel mm-hmm. like I, my body is like less feminine than I wish it was. But I, f- I was born female, and I, f- I feel like that way. Cool. How do you identify like uh, uh, any other identity? Any other kinds of ways? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting <laughs> question. I have never been asked this question. Well. I think. Um, what comes to mind? I identify as a total nerd. Um, I really like math and physics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would go down that route. Um, pretty much anything nerdy. I like anime and I like games and I like science. And I like to doodle a lot. Cool. Would you use the word queer to describe yourself? You know, I wouldn't have before I met Aaron. Um, and then we started talking about things that I'm like I identify like I'll look at ladies and I'll be like yeah they look really hot Mm -hmm. you're like that's okay like I think that means you're queer and I'm like I've never thought about that that way but I'm cool with it cool and so yeah probably I would I would say that that's really tight (laughs) we uh we always like to ask our guests like what is it that brings them into this room and what is it that kind of fuels them and makes them interested in this sort of world? And I think that you really encapsulated that well in your answer. Yay. Well done, you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, Kai. Yes, Hannah. What's the gayest thing you've done this week? The gayest thing I've done this week is probably um, make everyone wait on me as my pain levels have gotten worse. I don't... I like don't a diva. I don't... No, I don't like that phrasing. The gayest thing I've done this week is actually um, the ask fact that... Ask for help? Yeah, ask for help. No, the, the gayest <laughs> thing I've done this week is actually... Uh, one morning, I went in a little bit later to work because it was, like, snowing and the roads were a little bit dangerous, and I drank, like, two or three pots of tea solo, and I peed, like three times the next three hours mm-hmm. and that was really gay i think it's pretty gay <laughs> yeah Making a lot of tea is really gay 
Making a lot of tea is really gay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just don't like it when you say things like, I'm making people wait on me. Because that's so stigmatizing of, A, your own disability, and so indicative of your fucking infuriating Virgo refusal to ask for help. I was it just can't trying just, to make a joke. I could think of a gay thing. Uh, <laughs> this is separate. I just It can't be that like your friends love you and you asked for help and they answered the call. It has to be that you're making people wait on you like a diva. All right. Fair criticism. I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying be nicer to yourself. That's all. I, I mean, I think that's a fair point. I'll, I'll I will say. Switch up phrasing and say you were you were being the queen and you were you were bringing yeah. all the attention yeah. on yourself. Okay, I you like in, that. You were in need and your you friends. Were the queen of you. the week. The queen of the week. Yeah. That's like every that. week. Queen of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I hope a microphone picked that I up. I think yeah. I think it's it's exceptionally gay to mobilize your chosen family and that's true. Know that they will help you when you ask. That's a better way to put it. Yeah, I've been mobilizing a lot of chosen family who's been helping me out, which has been really sweet and tight and just having a lot of you know connections with people that have been really beautiful so hannah yes Kai. uh what is the gayest thing you've done this week i think it might have been today my friend yeah i mean it was a weird week um yeah. it was just a weird week at work um there was a lot there was a fucking lot and i been redecorating all the jewelry cases at my work because it's part of my job and by redecorating I mean like building and designing and whatever yeah um, gorgeous jewelry cases by you. the way i'm pretty proud of them they're um, amazing so that's pretty gay it's like an ongoing thing though week to week project um today i finally used the present that kai bought me for christmas last year which is hilarious to me that now, i just realized yeah, that, that we're closer, closer to, to next this christmas. christmas than last christmas what I mean, is the present that's classic me um i went to easy float which is a float tank sensory sensory deprivation mm-hmm. tank place that's the coolest present um, ever it's over such a on good south thing pearl street yeah that uh, is one of my dreams is to do this so deprivation good tank. i've done it twice and they're amazing that sounds yeah. life-changing i did it for the first time today and it was definitely it was absolutely life-changing it was the best thing i've like ever fucking done I'm so jealous. it goes by so fast yeah. like it's, it's impossible to measure time when you're in there because it's just pitch dark and you're just floating um and so i did like a really long like progressive relaxation meditation essentially and did like a little bit of chakra meditation how long was um it? 90 minutes and so you get like you shower off and your your time starts and then you like shower off so it, how long you float just depends on like you know how long you need to shower off and the showers there feel fantastic it's so nice for me shower. it's generally a 15 minute one because they get <laughs> yeah. real hot yeah Ooh. Yes, I would recommend staying in the float tank. No, I would too. I'm just saying. I fucking the showering is a part of it for me. Yeah, I fucking love showering. I know. Um, Hi, we're gonna change your mic out. Talking about the float tank, I think. Yeah, we're still on the float tank. (laughs) I actually I have a thing to add on the float tank. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, so my favorite physicist is Richard Feynman. Okay. He's That's a, amazing. He's a hoot. He's a very funny human. Mm-hmm. And in one of his books, he talks about he, like, didn't want to mess up his brain because he really likes his brain. So he didn't mm-hmm. want to do psychedelics, but he was really interested in, like, the different ways he could change his perspective. So yeah. he was he got super into float tanks and sensory oh, yeah. deprivation. Um, and that was, like, his way of trying psychedelics because he makes his living doing physics. So he couldn't, like... I guess he didn't feel comfortable taking yeah. a risk on yeah. that, which I was like, I get that. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but the way that he described it was like the most beautiful experience for him because mm-hmm. it was just like everything quiets down because he's got yeah. that brain that never mm-hmm. stops. Yeah. and It's like always going, going, going. And then he was like, and then it was just quiet. Yeah. 
That's yeah. exactly what happened to me is, like, my brain is always going. Yep. And it took, I told Kai, it took, like, it's impossible to measure time, so I don't know how long it took. Um, it's possible to measure time in there. In general, also impossible. Yeah, but fair. in there, like, it's impossible to perceive the passage of time. Right. Because um, you have absolutely no, like, sensory stimuli. Yeah. Is it dark? It's yeah, dark. It's, it's entirely dark. Yeah. Because it, it's got to be. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. They do, if you're afraid of the dark, they'll give you, like, soft little LED lights. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just to, like, make it so, like, something really, like, Sounds mellow. Scary. So that if you do open your eyes, you don't, like, panic. Yeah. Um, and but it, it also feels really big, too, on the inside. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't make you feel claustrophobic. Yeah, either. well, so it's not one of those little, like, enclosed pod tanks. Things. It's or pods or whatever. It's like a private, it's a really warm private room with yeah. a shower. And then a cool. big tank, it's like, like classy behind, a, like, a little, like, wall. Um, it's so great. So, yeah, yeah I the, it took me most, it felt like it took me most of the time I was in there for my shoulders to finally release. Like, a lot of the time that I was floating there, like, my body was able to be relaxed for the most part. But, like, I had a lot of trouble, like, letting it all go. But even when I was doing it, like, just floating there, I could still feel, like, my shoulders and my neck all, like, tensed up because that's where I carry all my stress. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the end of it, like... It was finally gone. Like <laughs> I've always had a question about those tanks. Like yeah. you know when you're in a pool and you try to float, but you uh-huh. kind of have to try to float. No. So here's the thing. It's, it's so much it's salt. Dead sea salt saturation. Yeah. Okay. So the whole point of it is that it's so saturated with salt that you have to try not to float. Uh-huh. Like you have to kind of tr- if you uh, want to okay. like sit down in the tank. You have to kind of like push yourself down because the water is so salinated. Mm-hmm. Like it's so there's a ton of salt in each, like literally a ton of salt in each tank. If you so can't, so um, I can't take a, a cup in there and drink all their tasty water. No, no. you definitely uh, you'd get sick. If yeah, you you'd do get sick. have uh, piercings, especially newer ones, this is around the time when I first got my nipples pierced. I uh, you can put Vaseline on them. Uh, to yeah. protect them from the from amount the salt. of salt because well, there's yeah. so much salt. Also, I just got two ear piercings yeah. up here, which yes. I'm very excited very about. Nice. They're great. Those are cartilage piercings. That's... Yeah, that's yeah. on your ear. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I was going to say that's also in contender for gayest thing of the week. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I did yeah. do that this week. Okay, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you have a fresh piercing, don't go on a float tank. Just wait till it heals yes. for the most part. If it's on like gotcha. front of your face because you don't put your in it or you should be fine but your ears are going to be in it the whole time and you don't want to do that with a fresh piercing um but it is yeah it is truly uh excellent it is like transcendentally relaxing um i loved it i loved every second of it i'm Um, really glad you got to have that experience yeah Yeah, me too it's also it is very much up my alley because like uh being in a room alone for 90 minutes in the dark with no in the presence of no other human beings it was like all the the relaxation of a massage in a lot of ways without mm. all the like having to interact with another human being or have someone right. touch me or like look at me at all which was really nice it was just like completely alone out of contact for 90 minutes which was exactly something that i need i was gonna say i figured you could really use that after the past couple of weeks yeah absolutely so that was my probably my gayest thing that i did this week so julia yes what's the gayest thing you did this week so we have two contending ideas now. Excellent. Let's, um, let's duke them out. All right. Let's see. So one of them, on Wednesday this past week, I ended up, I was trying to find a sublet for the month of November. So I met up with this person. Um, it ended up being more of a nanny gig than a place to live. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, not for me. But then I was getting ready to go home, and I saw the tattoo place was open. And I was like, man, I really want to get my ear pierced. So I just kind of walked in. 
Um, and then I got these two guys up here. Nice. They're two little round boys on my right ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just kind of went for it. Nice. Very <laughs> so nice. That could be one. Yeah. Impulsive piercings are very gay. <laughs> yes. Um, and then another one, we went costume shopping yesterday. Excellent. And I found a forest fairy costume that I just... I couldn't live without it. I needed it in my life. So I, I bought that impulsively also. Delightful. Hell yeah. I love that. Um, Aaron, do you want to describe what you were wearing yes. as your Halloween <laughs> costume last night? No, I'd, I'd, I'd rather not. But I'll do it <laughs> for the show. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. Um, so last night I had Halloween parties, and I was going to go as Wilson from Castaway, but when we went to go find the inflatable white morph suit... There was nothing, and I decided in the instant that I saw it that I needed to own the Skella Boner costume, Ah. which I'd like to point out isn't a pun. It's nothing. No, it's nothing at all. (laughs) And for some reason, not only is it Skella Boner, but it was B-O-A-N-E-R, so it makes even less sense. Boner. The arms were also sewed on backwards. backwards. Okay. So when my arms were by my sides, I had no arms. But then if I stuck them out in the T pose, I had skeleton arms. Okay. Very high quality costume. Very, very high quality. I'm sure really sustainable labor went into that costume. Yeah, no. That's that is the one sad thing. But there is a uh phallus. Mm. Uh-huh. Which is how it's described in the package. It says inflatable phallus. Uh-huh. Okay. No, no, f- inflatable faux phallus. Faux okay. phallus, yes. Just to, in case you were worried. Yeah, about it in case you were worried that it was a real skeleton's penis uh-huh. taken from a skeleton. No, yeah. no, 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 they would never. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it was, I could hit a, a pump under my arm and make the boner flop up and down as if I was doing skele-kegels. Really which is somehow a better pun than the skele-boner than skele-boner title. boner with uh-huh. an A. Uh-huh, so... That's what I wore. Um, it was a big hit. It was the most, it was perfect. It was perfect for Aaron. That's it was amazing. a bit, it's very on brand. For I me. walked up yeah. and Aaron's sitting outside by himself and he was like, oh, what's up, bud? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that it was, was really good. It. And the other, my other favorite thing about the costume is that it is very significantly too large for you. Uh-huh. And so. It was a double XL. Yeah, which makes it way, way funnier because the penis starts as though Aaron's Aaron was the height that he is, but his legs started where my legs start, and so yeah. he was just like a three foot torso with on little tiny stilts. That's what a penis is. It starts in like sort of mid thigh area because of how far it drops down because of how uh-huh. large the costume is. And we okay, we cropped it too. I cut yeah. part of the neck back. down so we could pin it up and pull it I think up it higher. Had four or five pins in it. That's Incredible. Hilarious. It was really good. Um, the other best thing about that costume is that like you could have just called it boner. Like that's a pun. You it's don't a need skeleton boner. Oh fuck, you're right. Yeah, yeah. boner by itself better. is just like oh I get it. And it's also a skeleton not with an A. Yeah, that's the interesting. A makes no sense. Um, that's cool. That's so cool. That's so, really cool. Um, <laughs> what's that? What video? Fuck. Okay, now I'm super paranoid. What video games is everyone just playing don't be this paranoid. week? Just keep it right there. I'm. Do- I'm gonna <laughs> just do it. I'm gonna keep my thumb on it so I can know. Yeah, if it moves. Yeah. Because it's a haunted microphone. 
So I've been playing uh, Outer like Worlds, um, which is a great new game that I believe came out this Friday because uh, I bought it immediately after work and put it on credit because I don't have enough money in my account, which is probably the best investment of my weekend I could have made because Outer Worlds is a fucking fantastic game to play. It feels like Gearbox and Oblivion made Fallout, but more colorful and like well, I mean, I did say Gearbox, and good and enjoyable, and the character creation engine is, I wouldn't say robust, but I would say pretty expansive and very detailed. Yeah, the the um, appearance creator is not, is like semi-detailed. Yeah. It's like, but be- you it's at least, decent. you but at the, least have good hair. Yeah, oh, all the haircuts Great are, hair. are fire. You I got all the black faces people's look hair. like actual people. The faces yeah, look like no, actual people. They look people, very you know. actual hot people. It's, and, it's and remarkable. And also you can... They don't uh, discriminate about makeup or facial hair. Yeah. Yes, or my, hair character, my character is a woman, uh, quote unquote, with facial hair, but they do still have that you have to choose gender, which yeah, I think which is kind absolutely of outrageous. Especially like if you're going to have like I'm. It looks like a great game. Just this is a complaint. It's like especially if you're gonna let everybody have facial hair and everybody have makeup, and you can like you can change alter face whatever. Like it's then don't just don't make somebody just pick start a with gender. a template. Yeah, just start with a template. That like doesn't it doesn't make, make any sense. I get that's just like because that's the thing is it only determines like what voice actor you hear. But at that point, just make it like for the effects or whatever. But at that point, just make it like like just make like voice an option. Like, do you want your voice high or low? Which is what they're going to be doing in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah, which is great. Which I'm very excited about. So this game, uh, the story, um, I wouldn't necessarily say immediately sucked me in, but it did suck me in pretty quickly. And by the by the first hour, I was like, okay, Aaron. By the first hour, I was like really into it. Um, and the combat is uh, actually really enjoyable, which was another pleasant uh, surprise. Um, it it doesn't feel repetitive, and the differences between the types of guns are. Aaron can attest to this, like, remarkable, like, in the the fact that they're so noticeable and make such a big difference. What type of gun? Don't just nod at me. Agree out loud. I I do. I do agree with that. The first gun. Nod at me. Agree out loud. When when I got my pistol at the beginning of the game, I was like, oh, I might not like the shooting. Yeah, you talked so specifically about it. Yeah, I, uh, the first couple firefights, I was like, Mm -hmm. uh, uh uh-oh. And then it felt really like the pistol feels very much like a Bioshock gun. Yeah, that it's it does. Completely a worthless piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you might as well just hit people with your hands. Yeah. Um, but then I got the shotgun and the assault rifle, and two excellent weapons. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh. Now we're now we're playing with. Power. I fell in love with yeah. the hunting rifle. The yeah. hunting rifle's the shit. I felt like that kid from The Wizard, where I'm like power glove yeah <laughs> so sweet dude the combat's good um one of my favorite fucking very small things that i will mention that i just find so like such a minute detail but so well done is the fact that the um skill leveling system has uh it so you put your points into different categories of skills and then once one of those skills that is like under the umbrella of skill categories gets to level 50 then you start individually leveling that skill by itself so it like 
helps you build a more well-rounded character. Um, does this make sense what I'm saying? You're looking no. confused. Okay, so imagine that. But I'm that's, also the, I keep in mind I did drink a disgusting yeah. cute okay, cola. Okay, so so I want to make this. this accessible to even our highest listeners. So imagine it's mostly me, <laughs> which is Hannah. Imagine imagine that there is like the um, overarching skill of uh, like uh, intelligence, right? Okay. And under intelligence would be engineering, medical ability, and science. Okay. And so uh, those all start with sort of different levels because of maybe where you put your focus in. Um, so let's say that uh, medical is 20, engineering is like 23, and science is 24 or something. You can put uh, points into intelligence until those little under skills hit level 50. And then at that point, you have to start putting points into each individual gotcha. skill. Okay. Does that make sense now? So yes. it's, it's kind of like this idea that, like, if you're going to be a – the way I thought of it was, yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. you're going to be a marine biologist, you would also know a lot about anatomy. No, that yeah. makes sense, actually. Like, of it's everything. Like they essentially make you do undergrad, and then you can yes. start exactly. specializing. That is exactly okay. what exactly. it is. That makes sense. So, and then you <laughs> Thank say, you for that metaphor. You're welcome. Then you're like, oh, fuck yeah, like – I'm good at all the sciences now. Yeah. But now I'm going to specialize, to specialize in engineering. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. I'm specializing in uh, charisma instead of lying or intimidation. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Persuasion instead of lying yeah. or intimidation. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Uh, under charisma. Yeah. It's it's like a really well done. Um, I'm going full lie like, with my run. That's I've so taken hilarious. a bunch of impro improv classes and I feel like I'm pretty charming at this point. Yeah. Now I'm going to become a criminal or like take public speaking or a politician yeah. basically. Yeah. It's, oh, it's the same thing. Am I it's right? really tight. <laughs> and so far, I'm enjoying like the diversity of quests and stuff, and like location and the interesting use of storytelling and sort of the moral questions being asked by the game. I really hope that they touch on the fact that you are a colonist, a colonizer, um, that and like they force you to contend with what that means for your character because y'all are from earth and you're literally colonizing like this whole other place that already has people in it like it's it's very clear that that's happening and it's talked about to an extent in the story so i hope that they i believe as the story goes on there be there's like main factions yeah and you decide which one you side with. that is so true there's all the different and they're corporations and i think yes. one of the main factions you can side with is the is the not corporations there okay there's many different factions you can side with and i think that you can side with various corporations you can side with people of deserted corporations and you can uh side with indigenous folks to the areas cool yeah That's which cool. is really tight is um cool. and i hope that they do that well so i'm pretty stoked about that it's a very good game um i'm able to be queer so far that's fun um, I noticed, so one of the big things leading yes. into this game was that they talked about you can kill anybody, nobody's off yes. limits. And I was like, that's an interesting choice. Until I started playing the game, and the first four people I met, I was like, wow, I want you dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> for real. Because the whole idea is that people can't, like, it's, it's like, uh, I was telling Julie on the way over, it's like if insurance companies and like corporations were allowed to start mm -hmm. their colonies and take their policies to extremes yep. yeah. to the point where instead of like saying, oh, I can't go to that doctor because they're out of network, it's instead like 
I can't even take an antibiotic if it's not sponsored by the if it's not yep. a product of the corporation who owns me who owns me because yeah everyone is called uh property of whatever company they uh-huh. live for uh-huh. and um also so like one of the first quests you get is to uh collect gravesite rent uh-huh from people and i'm like jesus i'm like oh cool i can't wait to talk to these people and either like pony up money for them or murder this man who's yeah. trying to make me do this yeah so yeah Cool. It's so you're uh, gonna be like a Wild West fucking outlaw. Yeah, you my, can be a my, Wild West fucking Irish outlaw. outlaw. My Incredible. character's name uh Sinead. Very good. She's a redheaded, freckled Irish woman. Very good. Who uh is yes, an anti corporatist. And so my whole playthrough is going to be full of lying and uh like taking down the different companies. Yeah, you can That's be like Batman. I want to do that. The world. It's it's yes. really fun so far to I'm like do, a, do that. That sounds like it's going to be very fun to do like a, a nice to the crew, dick to you kind of play. Yeah, too. it pretty much is. And the other there's I probably no like paragon or renegade mechanic. Talking to the mic. There there yeah, are um. I okay. Sorry. There <laughs> are there are uh like um, I have to move it because I have to be able to look at Kai. Thank you. There, you have to be able to look at me. There are like faction oh, approval I points. I have to be able to see the code. But there's of my no. Podcast. I know I'm teasing you, but there's oh. no like uh, overall like karma system. It's like faction points. Anyway, uh, the other notable thing about this game is that you can't um, do uh, romantic relationships. You can just do platonic relationships and friendships, and I find that to be. Um, enjoyable so far i'm very curious what my experience of it will be further into the game but you can i did flirt with somebody i was about to say i can flirt with people it's just i can't fuck them right so in the context of the game that's what i was going to ask how does the game other than just like you decided how does the game tell you that you're able to be queer because I flirted with a woman as a woman. Right. Now I understand that. But yes. I thought because there was no romance, I didn't know, I didn't know that there was yeah. flirting. I, you can flirt, but it's you can't, like, romance companions. Like, there's no extended, okay. like, Dragon Age, Mass yeah. Effect-style style. companion romance. Gotcha. Yeah, they were like, I feel like they said, they partially said that at the outset. Yeah. They're like, look, I know this game is very Bioware-y, but it's not going to have that, okay? Yeah. Don't look for it. It's not going to have it. And I'm, like, genuinely quite uh, open to that, even though yeah. it feels like a very bioware game. It's just very good. Um, I will keep you all updated so far. I've played, like, five hours or something. A game has to be so good for there to be no kissing, and me still, an <laughs> RPG has to be so good. Yeah. For there to be, maybe there'll be kissing. Who knows? There might be kissing. I can't Wait, guarantee you there will be. It's just not going to be a dating sim, but there's yeah, going to yeah. be kissing. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. As long as I can smooch somebody. That's how Assassin's Creed Odyssey is, is there aren't really, like, ro- like there aren't really, like, extended romances. At most, you can have, like, a little block of side quests. Yeah, that are, like, related yeah. to this one person. Like, there's just one person on this one island, and you can, like, romance her, kind of. But then, like, when you leave that island and you're done with those quests, you never get, like, speak to her again. Aww. She can join your ship's crew, so you, like, see her around. But you don't ever get to like once you've completed a character's like quest line or whatever Mm -hmm. you don't you can't like choose to go interact with them in odyssey it's a little bit more like the the game is very open world but the character interactions are very railroaded in that way if that makes sense um so yeah so it's kind of a similar thing where like you can smooch you don't ever you see like the smooching and the beginning of the fucking and then they like cassandra will often pick the woman up and then like walk into another room she's very strong and powerful she is very strong Mm -hmm. 
Go kiss I wish Cassandra would really pick me up. Like I know. <laughs> so, Hannah. Yeah. What are you playing? I'm not. Well, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Excellent. I haven't really played anything. Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Pokemon Go are my games this week. Hell yeah. Um, I've been, again, uh, enjoying, like, yesterday. I just walked all day, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I walked so many miles. I mean, it was a beautiful day before it started snowing. It was. Today. I was actually, I was actively hot when I was walking yeah. around yesterday. I it was, was wearing, like 75. Yeah, I was wearing like black jeans and a black short sleeve button up uh, and boots. And I was sweating walking from our house to Cheeseman Park. Oh, yeah. It was like three-ish miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, or maybe not even. Anyway, so I walked a ton and I played a lot of Pokemon Go and I'm a little 27 now and CJ and I are... What are we? Ultimate? No, we're ultra super ultra friends. We're ultra friends. Super ultra friends. Yeah. We're whatever. We're the good one. They're reason. the best friends. We're no. There's one level higher. Oh. That we're working on. They're the they're the uh, penultimate friends. You're the penultimate friends, and uh, so I've been battling them uh, long distance. That's very fun. I haven't gotten to battle a real human in Pokemon Go yet. Well, that's fun. That makes it more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I you can battle people just unless you're ultra friends. You have to be in the same room as yeah. them. When you're ultra friends, you don't, because when you are not, before that, you just have to, like, essentially, like, you have to be in, like, Bluetooth. You have to, like, scan a QR code or something. How does one become ultra friends with somebody? You Trade just, a bunch like, of shit. Well, you just send gifts. Gotcha. You just keep sending gifts back and forth yeah. for, you know, a couple months, and then you Wait, get to be ultra friends. Gifts? Gifts. You like send, presents? You send yes. fun yes. memes to each you other. You send I say, memes. If it's gifts, then I'm ultra friends with everyone. Yeah, yeah that's true, Aaron. <laughs> um, so, uh, Julia. Go, oh, you're sorry. Sorry, I didn't realize. Um, Pokemon Go uh, allows you to quantify it. And then I've been playing, like I said, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. I spent probably about 10 hours doing all the conquest battles on the map for Athens. Wow. Um, Goddamn. Only to discover that you can't, like, there's like a, a quest that triggers after you do some stuff that's like a final uh-huh. battle, but it doesn't actually change the world or the game at all. Like, oh. Okay. Um, well, that's weird. I mean, it's fine. You can still, like, you still get rewards for every conquest battle you do. That's good. And the conquest battles are really fun. And I'm glad I did it. Like, it was whatever. Yeah. Um, But it doesn't, you can't ever fully conquer the other nation because you can't conquer either um, Attica, which is where Athens is, or Laconia, which is where Sparta is. You can't conquer either of those things because both of the nation leaders are, like, Athens, the nation, like, they're both, like, main game characters, the nation leaders, and mm. so they, it won't let you, like, get to them to kill them. them. Okay. And I tried just, like, going around and doing a bunch of fort, forts in Laconia to, like, get the, like, see if I could get the nation power down, yeah. and it just instantly filled back up, so you can't actually conquer the, like, capital city state. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it makes sense, because otherwise it's, like, they would have to write this whole, like, end to the fucking Peloponnesian War. Yeah, which, which is... Has a historical actual yeah. ending. So it kind of preserves... I mean, it's all fantastical, but it preserves that historicism in terms of, like, you can affect this world for your chunk of time in a certain way, but, like, the Peloponnesian War still went the way yeah. that it did. Um, and uh, Sparta won. Like, that's... Historically, that's what happened. Um, but, yeah. So I've been doing the side quest. I only have one more... Um, like blue DLC quest to do, and then I can start the Atlantis DLC. Fun. That uh, sounds really so fun. I'm almost like done, done with AC Odyssey, which that's the is dream. wild. Yeah, that 100% is the dream. That shit, and then I'm gonna finally play God of War or and or Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So I'm trying to like get oh, through. Oh, that sounds my, fun. So my back catalog uh, before um, Cyberpunk 2077. Comes yeah, fair. Out. When now does that, that come out? Next N- November. 
No, they pushed it to next spring. Oh, they pushed it to next spring. That's right. Yeah. Thank next you. Spring. Next, next spring. Yeah, so we so got time. May, yeah, May or something. That was the company. I was trying to tell uh, Julie on the way over that there was a company to speak to one of the things we might talk about later. Yes. Uh, there's a comp- I was like, there's some company that just pushed back their release date to not overwork their employees. Mm-hmm. And it was... Uh, Nintendo. And it was also that, Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo. 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 Yeah. yeah, Nintendo did it. They pushed back Animal Crossing. Yeah. And then CD Projekt Red pushed back, pushed back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so stoked for Animal Crossing. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. And I, like I don't, I don't care is. that they pushed back Animal Crossing because I would much rather people not be hurt. Well, and you'd get a better game Then I get a game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, more, 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 a little bit more time means a better game. And we, people are starting to actually learn that in the industry. And people are heading towards unionization and all that jazz. So, so Julia, what you playing this week? I've been playing a lot of puzzle games. Excellent. Um, so I've been playing Braid. And oh, I've never played Braid. <gasps> I've oh heard wonderful gosh. things. Yeah, I so highly nice. recommend that game. So that's maybe my favorite game. Okay. Wow. So I'm looking for inspiration on, on puzzle games. So I'm just mm. like finding all the puzzle games I can find and, and playing them. So I've got a couple on my phone that are like, there's one that's sort of Tetris-y mm-hmm. um, and they're kind of brain games, but they're very, they're just like puzzly, quick. Yeah. You yeah. have a couple blocks and you have to do something with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. But Braid is this really cool thing where there's, there's a whole story that goes along with it where I didn't actually realize what it was totally about because i never collected all the puzzle pieces and there's this whole thing afterwards that apparently changes what the whole story is about whoa i never got to um but anyway during the game it's like he's he's collecting all these puzzle pieces and you have to go um room by room and every room there's a different puzzle and you can either move time forwards or backwards Mm -hmm. you can there's some things that if they were like covered in green they stay stationary even if you change the time forwards and backwards Mm -hmm. so it's like puzzles that way like playing with time and space yeah uh it's really fun i recommend it that's that's amazing that one yeah because the braid is fairly legendary for having an ending that's like surprise you were the villain the whole time yeah um that i know about it but there's a a whole nother there's another part after that (laughs) yeah explains deep more deeply why you were the villain which is fascinating i love that julia you mentioned you were playing a lot of puzzle games for inspiration inspiration for what are you playing those puzzle games so that I, was the same way you asked the question the first time. I'm aware. <laughs> okay. I think it's it's perfect. Um, so I am working on a game. Woo. Um, and I'm trying to get inspiration for how to design these puzzle games the way I want them to be mm-hmm. when I make my game. Um, so I'll let you guys in on a little secret. Oh my god. Um, so I'm calling it Dink's Big Adventure. Cool. After my teddy bear that I've had since I was born. That's <laughs> cute. Delightful. <laughs> and he's this little flat Stanley teddy bear um, that the main character is Dink, and he's a little teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, the ideas I've come up with, I want to be able to work on like helping the bees, but I'm allergic to bees, so I can't do a lot on that front physically. But I'm making one of the puzzles in the game, designing and maintaining a beehive. Mm. Okay. And Aaron's helped me come up with this idea where the currency in the world is going to be honey. Okay. Mm-hmm. So instead of money, it's honey. Cute. Um, <laughs> so you can, um, like, the better you keep your bees, the more money you'll have. And then I'm not sure what Dink needs to go get. But Dink needs to go get something. So then he's going to go hop on a ship. And then we're going to have a rope tying uh, level where it's like teaching people how to tie knots. Cool. So I wanted Tight. to have something of like practical skills in every puzzle. So it's going to be like 
the the knot tying, the beekeeping. That's all I really have right now. Mm -hmm. But I'm working on character design and story. Cool. Cool. At the moment, (laughs) very cool. Oh, what are you gonna? What language are you gonna be programming in? So I'm using Unity's engine. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do C Sharp mm-hmm. uh, with your like personalized code, but they yeah. have a lot of drag and drop. And I thought that it could be something fun for us to talk about is how open source Unity and also Unreal, um, they're very open source. It's all free to download these engines. Mm-hmm. So to get started, this is my first like big game that I'm trying to make. Yeah. I went to school for computer science, but I've never made a game. Um, and it's actually very easy to like get started. It's hard to make something good. Yeah. But as far as like if there's any listeners who are interested or have like thought, ooh, maybe I would make a game someday. Mm-hmm. Um, just from my experience, like you download, uh, Unreal's a little bit less accessible than Unity, I would sure. say. But if you download Unity, they have this like welcome video where it's actually really cool where they have like a lot of different demographics represented and they're like we are coders and you're a coder too and welcome to the team and like it was really ex- I, I got super excited yeah um and there's all these resources online like if you're like how do i do bleh on youtube you'll find a video explaining exactly how to do it oh i'm sure cool. um so just like the accessibility of it has been kind of astounding to me um it's still like a big project but there's such a community around it that it's like not as scary to get going so i don't know is it like one of those would you say it's like kind of like a um easy to learn difficult to master kind of thing because you kind of i mean it's it is it's accessible in the sense that you can get to it but it's inaccessible in the sense that you have to know how to code to a degree to a degree there's actually in unity this thing called blueprints so you can make a game all by yourself um without coding a single drop cool and you can make it work so there's basically this little you can they've got three little sections one you look at the world and you can drag and drop your Mm -hmm. bushes or your whatever you want your set to look like yeah your level and then there's another part where you design your characters so you can say my main character is going to have this functionality and and you drag and drop rectangles that have arrows so you can pull an arrow from one box put it into another box and it like does the coding in the back end oh that's very cool so a lot of it you don't have to actually know how to code which i was surprised by and you can make a whole game without coding anything that's amazing that's very cool that's wild yeah so if you are just I would recommend even just because you guys love games, you can just download it and in an hour you can follow a YouTube video that's like my first game and they'll show you how to make a little shooter. Yeah. The first one I made was like a thing where I have a first person shooter and Mm -hmm. it's called Evil Blocks. Cool. Awesome. Um, And you have an evil block generator. So like in Minecraft, there's like a little space where those characters come from, you know, and you you make a little box that the evil cubes are going to come out of and you have the cubes come after you so you tell them like follow the person who's in charge again mm-hmm. just like drag and dropping cool it's it's very easy to follow um and then when you play the game they just follow you and you shoot them that's very cool that's that awesome like it fun, took an hour <laughs> it sounds like a really fun thing to like get high and do in an evening with friends yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, like, like, come over we're gonna it's make empowering. a game i've got a bunch of nachos and weed yeah that sounds dope i highly recommend it it also gives you a lot of respect for when you get really into video games and you can see like when things aren't working well mm-hmm. 
then you can respect like well i understand like that's really hard to make yeah. that work right so oh, yeah and then when games are really good it's all the more impressive. all the more impressive yeah, yeah. Totally. this is something your mastery that... is up here yeah yeah that's very cool uh, this is something that our listeners, nor I believe Hannah, oh. know about me, but uh, I've programmed, I think, three games before. You've no told way. me that a um, hundred times. Yeah, okay, fair. Oh my There's gosh, some what were that, they? Uh, there was one that I think was like a very Tetris-like puzzle game, and then another one was a top-down tactical game, and then another one was like a shooter of some sort. And this was back in the earlier 2000s, before things were as advanced as they are now. Um, or is easy to do I as a person who used to be in the world of computer science and coding and video game making and wanted to do that as a profession for a hot minute and then got really um, burnt out by the idea of it after like the inaccessibility of it and the sort of toxic nature of the culture surrounding it I find it absolutely delightful to hear from you that there's like so much support nowadays and i think there are according to what i see on uh twitter follow us uh at gay gamers with a with a z um according to what i see on twitter uh there are communities full of like queer people and women and folks of color and black people and indigenous people like creating these communities of just like will support you in learning how to make games like that. So I think that's just so tight that you're learning how to do that right now in such a wonderful engine. Unity is really robust. Thank um, you. you can make some really cool stuff with that. So I'm really excited to see whatever it is that you put out. Uh, maybe Thanks. at the end of the episode, do you have some sort of way that we could plug you so listeners could know when you put out anything? Well, since Aaron's going to be here and hanging out with you guys, I would love some beta testers when it gets farther along. What? That would so be great. So maybe we can do a, if it's gay, we play a group that will beta test. Um, I would love that. That's a really good that idea. That sounds delightful. Yeah, that we can definitely really cool. yeah, try to make really that great. happen. That would be wonderful. I want to um, release it on Steam, so it should be pretty okay. easily available. Um, I'm hoping it goes well but mm -hmm. forgive the bugs because i'm sure they'll be there i'm Have curious <laughs> what made you choose steam as your uh, release platform yes it's supposed to be the easiest one um as your first game mm -hmm. so i was on my phone earlier i was trying to figure out i've been watching this one youtuber mm -hmm. specifically for how to get started i want to make a 2d game and he made a really successful 2d indie game yeah i was trying to figure out what the name of it was it's this dark indie game where it's kind of like uh I don't, I don't really know how to describe it because i've never played it but i've seen the stuff that he shows on his videos uh -huh. yeah so that's why where you were asking what i was playing this week where i haven't played it so i don't know the name of what's the, game. the what's the gameplay like yeah uh, is it fighting is it it's more of like discovering the world and, and puzzle solving is it fez no oh is it it's okay. like a dark mansion is at one point there's a little nightmares? clock in the back that oh. has no, no i'll find the name of it okay. and let you guys know but is it called home no mm. i'll find it mm. once Maybe we yes. can pause and i'll find it <laughs> i feel like no, once <laughs> um once you show it to me i'll be like oh yeah i know that yeah. game um right. yeah that's dope i kai i have a, a comment yes about you I feel like there's an inverse relationship between how many times you think you've told me something and how many times you've actually told me it. Yeah. Because, excuse me, I feel like that's not the only instance where you've been like, 
I don't know if you know this about me, but, and I've been like, you literally told me that. You told me that like once a week. And then you casually mention something about yourself as though it was common knowledge that I have never fucking heard from you before. <laughs> and I love that about you. Thank it you. It keeps me on my fucking toes. Oh, I know. I never know. I never know what's going to come out of your what mouth. What keeps and me on the toes is guessing whether or not you'll speak into your microphone. I'm trying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's uncomfortable to sit that way. I'm going to go pee. Um, Bye, Aaron. Anyway, uh, I'm going to tell you something that you might not know about me. I've programmed a game before. What? No, we've talked about it. Have we? Because yeah. I, okay. I didn't remember if I told you that. Yeah. Um, I went to a video game camp when I, cool. summer, it was like a summer day camp. I never went to like sleepaway camp when I was a kid. My mom wouldn't let me. She was much too helicoptery, which again, now I listen to a ton of true crime podcasts and I understand why. Yeah. Um, because she had a child. She had me in 1993 uh, and John Bonet, the John Bonet kidnapping. Well, kid, it wasn't a kidnapping. The parents totally did it. But anyway, the John Bonet <laughs> thing happened. Two years later and like half an hour from where my we 45 minutes from where we lived because I grew up in Centennial and that happened in Boulder. Um, so now I understand. Like my dad yeah. was like reporting on the John Bonet case. He like went to the scene and shit. And that's when my parents were still married. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I get it now. I absolutely get like I wouldn't have let my kid go to sleepaway camp if I had like to, like studied journalism in the 80s when kids were just getting snatched i mean kids have always been getting snatched but when people started noticing yeah we shouldn't just let kids like go to the store by themselves when they're four or whatever because they're gonna get snatched by a pedophile um because america's because the world is a hell place um anyway so i went to point being i went to a lot of day camps um and i went to this one that was like video game coding i think i was either the only girl or there was one other girl because I remember right. yeah. having maybe a friend, and it was certainly not one of the boys. Yeah, so it was because I remember being like very like isolated at it, obviously, because sure. I was a young, weird, like nerdy girl um, who like I think this was in my disgusting long hair tied up every day phase. Not that long hair is disgusting; mine was. Um, and uh, I mean, I was like probably thirteen, fourteen, so I was young. Um, it was a bunch of smelly, weird nerd teens. And I made a little game that was your little sprite. And this was in the early 2000s. So, again, not nearly as accessible or robust. But I yeah. don't remember I don't remember how much coding there was or wasn't. Um, but I do know I made a little game. And it was a little side-scrolling kind of shooter that was you were a dragon. And you had to, like, shoot enemies when they were coming towards you as you, like. So that was my game that I made. Um, Julia no. <laughs> Julia's committed a podcast sin. Sorry, my sister called me. Um, Rifsh. I want to just chime in and ask, how did you feel um, at that camp? Um, just like in that environment of a lot of dudes that are super into video games. Did you feel like you were where you wanted to be or like that you were at... I don't know how to... Yeah, I don't remember particularly enjoying the camp. Um, I don't remember feeling particularly like... Like, I remember the instructors being really cool. Like, yeah. cool, like, nerd... Like, I don't know, probably 30-year-old nerd dudes or whatever. Um, and I remember them being nice to me, but I don't remember, like, speaking to any of the boys. I do remember reading an Agatha Christie book. That's hilarious. <laughs> during, like, breaks or whatever. Um, and yeah. then there were none? 
you know what? I think it was, and then there were oh, none. Oh, wow. Actually, that was a great one. Because <laughs> I think I had to read it for summer reading. Um, That's amazing. I, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't that into it. Like, I love playing games. I've never had a particular desire. I would love to write a game or, like, design the art for a game. Or I have, write a better Dragon Age or Mass Effect specifically. Yeah. I desperately want you to do that. Maybe someday. I hope but so. But I have almost no desire to learn coding, and I never have. I don't know why. It's just not something I'm all that into. I think it's 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 objectively fascinating. It just doesn't, like, so, I yeah, it didn't particularly hook me. I don't remember if I thought too much about it when I was then, because it, that was the time of my life when I kind of had no friends anyway, and I was used to just getting abjectly bullied by a bunch of boys. So, to the boys' credit, they just didn't talk to me, but they didn't bully me. Well, at and least they were bullying. Yeah, at least there was that that's in my in my memory. All right. Um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't really feel, I didn't feel particularly welcomed, but I am kind of a bad example because I also don't know that I particularly, like, wanted to be welcomed. It's kind of like if I went to, like, the Grizzly Rose, like, I wouldn't uh, feel I welcomed, see. but also I would have no <laughs> desire to be there, so it's... What a, what a hyper-local example that you've created wash. for us here. Yeah, but you, you can guess. Grizzly Rose is a very fun, oh, no. um, country bar that people go to square dance. Big country yep. club they out have on the highway. mechanical bowls. Yeah. Oh. It's real country. I I'm think from I North Carolina, it. so I kind of think, think it's cute. I think I would enjoy it, like, <laughs> once, but I would hate, like, all, a lot of, a lot of gays like, um, Grizzly Rose. I know Rose. a lot of sapphics who like Grizzly Rose. Yeah, there's Rose. a specific kind of sapphic that likes the yeah. Grizzly Rose. Yeah. I've never been there. I just, because I, it's, like, far away. It's too far away to drive for a it joke. far. Is what it is. It's like off the high, like a big country stars play there and stuff. And it's like, it's like between here and Boulder, basically. Yeah. You see, you see it right off the highway on I twenty five. Um. Well, thanks for answering that. I was just I curious. What? I want to go to Grizzly Rose. To Grizzly Rose. You should go to the Grizzly. You go Rose. by yourself, bud. I'm not going with you. I'll go with you. I'd go. We can square dance. We'll go. I'll come. I'm, I, I'll wear my boots. I won't. Yeah. Um. So. Julia, you came yes, here, uh, and I heard that you had um, some thoughts about what you've been really deeply researching lately, and I'm really curious to learn more about um, this sort of uh, unionizing that's going on in the uh, game-creating community right now, because we were talking with my cousin Jocelyn a couple months ago, uh, who is an employee of Riot Games, which, as many people know, is sort of... Um, uh, one of the focal points of a lot of the unionizing and like walkouts that have been happening recently, and um, you know, so there's discussion surrounding that, and I've been hearing that you've been looking into that, and I'm really curious to hear further thoughts and updates on that subject because we've been ringing up for like a couple months, but haven't had an update in a minute. It's so important. So yes, thank you mm -hmm. for bringing that up. Yeah, of um, course. One of the things that I started getting interested in this about was actually on the Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. If you guys like Hassan Minaj, I really enjoy his rants and little gags. And he did a whole episode on the video game industry. So that mm -hmm. was where this like little buzz kind of kicked in in the back of my head. Yeah. Um, where he does the, the like 30 minute episode deep dive into some fucked up thing. Mm -hmm. um, and specifically with what was revealed to me that I didn't realize a lot of these games um, they, they end up being made by these people who are working way overtime. They don't get paid overtime. As soon as the game comes out, they get fired and they don't make any royalties on the game. Yeah. Um, they don't have health care. They don't have, like, as soon as they're let go, they're off on their own. And that game company makes so much money off of all of their hard work and then they're just out to fend for themselves. 
And that really bothered me. So then, of course, I wanted to learn more. Yeah. So I was like, well, that is not okay. Um, and looking into the unionizing, which would solve so many problems, for one. Um, so one of the things surrounding um, unionizing is also with the culture. And mm-hmm. as a person who identifies as female and, like, interested in this industry it's good to hear that it's happening because there are, there's weird things that happen in the gaming workplace right. mm-hmm. where like guys will fart in meetings and like just be like overtly like disgusting i don't know the right word for it but they're just being rude dudes yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> and um it makes the ladies really uncomfortable and so then if they say something, they don't get invited back to the meetings because mm-hmm. uh, they would rather just go be rude dudes instead of have a professional working environment. Um, so that's part of the unionizing. They're also trying to address that issue of this isn't a guy's club. This is a mm-hmm. working place where people are trying to make a living. Um, so I thought that was really important um, as far as like making it equal for anybody who wants to do it because it's a really cool industry and it's, yeah. it's tough, but it's... It's fast paced, but some of these pushes, like the marketing team who doesn't code decides when the game has to be done. Yeah. Um, and then if the game is more technically challenging than they realized, they say, well, too bad. You have to do a push and they call it a, like the push time mm-hmm. where they don't get paid overtime. But mm-hmm. basically you have to work until it's done. Yeah. You don't get a break. You don't get overtime. It's it's just accepted in the community that you will have. 70 80 90 hour work weeks the couple weeks going up to the game launch which is absurd yeah, yeah. that's fucked up. it's just they can't have a life mm-hmm. that way like you can't go home and play with your dog or like mm-hmm. do Feed something with your partners make dinner sleep yeah. enough you can't do anything yeah. else you know you and that's like part of the problem with hygiene and nerds <sighs> is that we have this normalized culture of like because engineering school is another environment where it's just like too much work to do and not enough don't time. ever yeah. sleep do adderall all night so you can get your work done yeah. like that's all the engineering students i knew uh at our school were like that. We're just like railing Adderall because we did not have time to sleep because I'm not saying all engineering students do Adderall. I'm just saying that it creates a lot of college programs do this, but I think engineering is very specific about like theater is kind of similar because it's like go to class all day, go to shop, go to rehearsal, and then you can start your homework for your classes that you've also been assigned. Mm -hmm. And you'd be like, can you please not assign me this homework? I have to go to rehearsal for my degree also. Like, I'm going to be at the theater until 1 a.m. because I'm ASMing this show type of shit. So, anyway. it's very similar because it would be, like, you have shop or you have your, like, the the workshop that's sometimes a class. You have Mm -hmm. to take your labs, which is an additional, quote-unquote, hour so you'll have a four-hour class and then a one-hour lab. Yeah. We're literally in physics. They would give us the key to the lab. Our mm-hmm. professors would go home. They would say, we know you're not going to finish this in an hour. Here's your key. Whoa. Take as long as you need. There was a week where I spent 20 hours on a lab. Goddamn. Um, we did really well on it. It was really cool. Well, I'm glad you did well, but that's fucked up. It was really a lot of work, and we didn't have enough time because we also had four other classes. Yeah. yeah. That's you also have to take, like, gen eds and stuff. Yeah. Yes, like, I've always said that, is that the two most overworked student populations 
on any given campus are probably the theater and the engineer departments. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would extend that to just natural sciences. Yeah. yeah. I would also extend that to art in general because I do know yeah. like fine arts students yes. would be locked in their studio. Same thing where uh-huh. they just be locked in Can their I studio also for say gender hours. women's studies I do a lot of work for. Yeah, that was an optional thesis, I will point out. I took a lot of optional choices. Yes. Um, We're talking about the baseline. The baseline requirements. If you then want to, to like, uh, do honors or get, um, what is that called? Um, Distinction. Distinction in your department, then add another 20 hours. Okay, I will say, I'm coming from the perspective of doing theater and gender studies at the same time. That was was probably your main. I really respect you for going out of your way. A lot of people like to just do the bare minimum and that you like pushed yourself to go for the thesis and like oh i did that for two that years with so the bare cool. minimum i, like, I ended up being done that. with that yeah but, but no i want to get back to yeah also like please did, take care of yourself quit the theater, uh, yeah major. yeah <laughs> exactly which i ended up doing <laughs> my last quarter but if you're gonna do that also just have a uh have an honest conversation with the person yes. involved and sometimes they let you keep some money uh-huh yeah that's Thanks. the most that we'll say about that yeah uh-huh. thank you um i just like as an example of what I had to do for distinction, because this is, yes, base level, ba- like base minimum requirements. Because I this is also coming from my other major was English, which bare minimum is an easy major. It is. I love English. For, I love it. I love the English language. I love reading. I love writing. And I did a lot of work in the department. But if I had just majored in English, I would have had plenty of free time to like write. Or if I'd done even done an honors thesis, like that would have been my time, like keep it like a uh, consuming thing but I wouldn't have to go to rehearsal after class and then start work on my thesis mm-hmm. which is what it is to work on a senior project in the theater department like if you're working on another show you have to go to school go to shop mm-hmm. go to rehearsal and then work on your own shit for your own homework and your own senior project That's and a to lot. get That's distinction yep. I had to write and produce several plays from the ground up mm-hmm. so um well, I have a further point about um, yeah. uh, unionizing in the games industry. Awesome. Something I love to hear I what you guys think about yeah, something that I think I'm, is really I'm over the map today. Yeah. Something that I think is really important in terms of that is also um, when talking about unionizing, building that relationship between all the different parts of the games industry that are required for it to function. Because one of the big problems right now is uh, – relationships between people who are doing the coding and people who are like beta testing yeah like i think it was call of duty recently that got reamed for um just these horrific relationships and just talking down about these people who are doing a job that is like necessary for a game to be a game yeah, you have to but have just have like being shit talked and not respected and underpaid and overworked at right. the company, having to pull those same hours uh, during that push time, but not being, like, rewarded for it like other people were. So, like, even as you get farther into it, it just gets kind of, like... And, you know, similarly, a lot of folks who are doing more, like, human resources or arts or more liberal arts-type stuff in games industry, which is a necessary part of the industry, I will Ooh, also yeah. say, uh, are similarly not being like seen as uh, enough parts of the team because it's not, neither of those are like a masculine enough Right. Uh, that is such a good point. So that's something that I've noticed a lot with coders and generally mm-hmm. engineering students. So that's, I was around those people all the time in college oh, yeah. and sort of got indoctrinated to the same, I would say, toxic, 
way of talking about things where sure. it's like my way like the thing that i do for society is more important than what someone else does mm-hmm. and that attitude i think is really prevalent in games for the people who are actually doing the coding where the beta testers might have a complaint and they'll be like well you don't understand how hard that is and instead of honestly listening to feedback it's more right where the beta defending themselves job is yeah. to provide feedback yeah and like i feel like a lot of people don't take criticism well these days which sure. is like something that i am interested to hear you guys talk about too because I like I personally also struggle with taking criticism, but I think that's something in our society we're losing with spending so much time on our phones. Mm. If you criticize things by writing a comment, it's not like you have to look someone in the face and say, hey, I really didn't like what you just did there. And they don't have to have that moment of, oh, shit, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It's more like you have more time to like sit and ruminate and like and it grows. So I feel like our generally as a society like our ability to manage conflict isn't necessarily (laughs) trending in a good way because we don't do it in person enough i would say that the methods that we're using for conflict are shifting i don't necessarily like assigning value judgments that sort of thing because they're just different and we're learning how to do it differently it's just that that yeah. does have a very different emotional effect that we don't quite know how to quantify yet in a way that makes sense with the current way that our brains experience uh, interactions between people. Right. Like, I wonder if eventually, because our brains, uh, especially I will speak to ours as millennials who have experienced both that sort of, like, non-technological extreme everywhere and also the technological extreme everywhere side of things like i wonder if our brains will change the way that we perceive those interactions with people online especially as virtual reality is becoming more and more common like if that will sort of change the way that we do that sort of conflict online because i do think it's partially what you're talking about is a thing and also the sort of um Uh, bubbling in communities that we get where people start becoming more like getting more and more niche in the way that they are opinionated and like they find like these like community of other people that think like so so similarly when somebody has an opposing viewpoint they get attacked for it yeah um i feel like i'm seeing that a lot in a lot of communities that i'm a part of recently and there's less time spent educating people so much as like defending your position defending your position which i think a lot of the times those are valid positions to be defending and additionally to that there is a lot of value in like i don't know reaching out and helping people because i feel like tricky balance yeah yeah it's a tricky balance internet's not going away so there's always going to be that like online conflict of figuring out how we move forwards i think the developers versus everyone else working on the game is a really good example of like they're working on a virtual world so it's it's really in that technological space Mm -hmm. but they still have to have those in-person interactions in person and and constructive interactions where they can say like the point of the interaction is for one side to say hey we didn't like this thing and for them to say okay we'll go do something else then it's hard to receive which criticism. is hard like as <laughs> as a virgo even we're notorious for being the worst signs at receiving i am the criticism. worst at receiving and criticism. i've <laughs> had to get better because my job is people 
criticizing me and giving me feedback on the stuff that I God, put out and so then tough. improving it. And like, I just had to be yeah. chill with that. I don't think that's a, a modern or a technological phenomenon. Oh yeah, no, it's to. not. And I think it's, I think it has a lot to do with American culture and education in general and how we don't mm. teach. Ooh, good um, Can I snaps? I yeah. wouldn't. Okay. For the for the audio, yeah, but I feel I, like I'm, give, I'm giving you snaps. Okay, I feel like Aaron would tell you to please not snap unless it's way away from the microphone. Um, the, great. <laughs> anyway, that like we don't teach healthy conflict resolution or Ooh, healthy yes. escalation yes, or yes, healthy yes. like disagreement strategy. Like we are not taught. Like when you think about how popular like debate is in high school and how much that's privileged in this country, stuff like debate and model mm. UN, which like model UN is a little bit more like conflict resolution-y, but definitely debate is like the whole point. The whole point is to is like to, smush the other yeah, side. Yeah, is to smush <laughs> the other side with debate. Like our whole culture is built around direct competition. Like we're a culture of like sports are basically a religion and like people will beat the shit out of each other because they like different sports teams and that's not specific to america like you know foot uh football is in soccer worldwide there are riots for that but it's like in america in school like i feel like we are such an outrageously capitalistic country that we are only taught competition and we are only taught we're not we can talk we taught how to work together but we're not like mm, we're not even taught how to work together. We're just put into group projects. Yeah. We're not taught how to work well as a group. The reason right. there's such a like meme about the like people in the group project who don't do anything and the one person in the group project who does everything, it's because nobody has been taught how to engage with a group project. You are just thrown into a group project and it just you just have to figure it out and your children, so the person who like has their shit together just ends up doing it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Or in college. Like yeah. I don't know, it's just so like I think that's just so indicative. I feel like the internet is the way that it is because we are the way that we are and not the other way around. Like oh, I feel yeah. like technology is what we put into it. It doesn't right. just like Yeah. Like I feel like we yeah, magically like come out of nowhere. We've always been we've never been taught like healthy conflict resolution and that kind of thing. Like and it's like distilled by the internet. Right. So totally. What you have the added you... barrier of anonymity. Right. Um, so as far as something that you see today um, in our society, how could we try to make it better? I don't really know what the answer is because there are there are other people who like study conflict resolution who would probably sure. have a great answer. But I feel like we have to ta be taught how to disagree while still respecting people. Also, where to draw the line with that, like where to be like, this is not an issue of respect and this is not a conversation. This and that's is a, hard nowadays. This is a fight. It is and it isn't. It isn't yeah, it if both you, is and it isn't. Yeah, it isn't. But you, it's not once you figure out how to like really listen to people but you have mm -hmm. to like learn that on your own basically or find a teacher because you're really not taught that unless you take a very specific course of study in this country learning how to listen is actually really tough mm -hmm. yeah uh, absolutely asking the right questions and something that i'm guilty of is hearing what people are saying and picking those words apart instead of trying to hear what they're meaning and asking more questions yeah. yeah like you know, when you, you hear something that kind of sounds off and then you'll think about it later and you're like, oh, maybe like what did they yeah. mean by that? Yeah, totally. Instead of just like saying, 
what do you mean right like, that, you know like i don't I feel know like, why that's so hard to do but i struggle doing that well and admitting that you don't understand is another thing that we're not taught in no. school and that's partially because that competition from capitalism right. thing it's put is down it's toxic it's put down yeah like um, a man can never admit he's wrong and then everyone will there's think that he, fucking old gay. joke about men don't ask for directions or whatever and right, it's because based it's on toxic a, a socialization mas- right toxic masculinity is such that it w- does not permit you to admit a moment of vulnerability even if it's just like I don't understand this thing. Please explain Which it to me. Which goes back directly to the coding thing. In our thing. classes. Yes. Back yeah. to engineering mm-hmm. school. Yeah. I would ask so many questions. Hell yeah. And then the guy sitting next to me would be like, thank you for asking that. I didn't understand it either. Yeah. Like, Why didn't you raise your hand then? Right. Like, yeah. they asked. Why are you ask having me questions? do this? Why was I the only person? And I felt like everybody would just like let it pass. And the, the teachers sometimes, like, they just know it so well that they don't realize they're not explaining yeah. it. Yeah, no, yeah. Because it, to them, it's like, yeah, I've, I've said this 200 times. Of course, yeah. this is how it is. And then you hear it, and you're like, no, what? that makes no sense. Could yeah. you please explain that? That's very confusing. Um, like what I was saying about skill umbrellas earlier. That made no sense. <laughs> but we oh. need to be, wait, skill umbrellas? What's happening? It's are these children trick or treating? It's not Halloween. So what just happened was I'm not mad at the children. What just no. happened was a gaggle of children, with what appeared to be an older male adult, wandered onto our front porch. And when I walked up to the door, they said, "Oh, we just wanted to take a picture of your black cat. Like there's a sticky black cat in the window." Bye. And they walked away. And I was like, I wasn't mad at the kids, but the appropriate course of action would have been for the adult to walk onto the porch and ask if we mind if a bunch of strange children walk onto our property. Consent is key. Because we wouldn't have minded. We would have been like, oh, yeah, totally. Come up, take a picture. But just having a bunch of strangers walk. Because it's not Halloween. I mean, that's like Sunday, October 27th. Averages on, like close to trespassing i don't know where it's just like i'm just gonna come do this and not ask. yeah no that's out that is I just wild to me I that 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 it. male adult in charge of those children was just like yeah go on to this stranger's porch go for it <laughs> there those those shit? scary pictures and victorian portraits in the window aren't gonna hurt you that large picture <laughs> of the devil in the front foyer because that's not safe parenting let alone is that disrespectful to the people who live in the home like so anyway um anyhow i think uh, i i would love to get some uh closing thoughts on the subject because we're reaching yeah. about i was literally as that happened the po- why i just told that story is i was just about to talk about like american masculine entitlement and mm. how like we as americans are taught that we're entitled to the whole world and specifically like men in america especially white men in america are taught that they literally the whole world belongs to them and they when they find out that's not true or they encounter something they don't understand they like at worst shoot up an elementary school and at best just get like at best they ask a question but usually just get like angry or just will like state something and expect somebody to explain it to them without actually asking a question like i don't know so anyway that's my closing thought on the thing is that like we need to i don't know what the answer is Mm -hmm. but we absolutely and it kind of ties back into that union conversation of like i mean that is the strength of unions right it's like bring together these disparate parts to say that we are the working class you know what i mean of the Mm -hmm. video game industry or like and that every part's important Mm -hmm. i feel like there needs to be a little bit of I don't know the right word. Um, the engineering professors and the people who are just coders and engineers and those mm-hmm. types of trades, I think they need to work on, and me, I need to work on 
being more respectful and understanding of other disciplines being equally as important and not just saying well because I'm an engineer I'm the most important and like that attitude extends to all sorts of different things that's me personalizing it but being able to just respect that all parts are working towards the whole and mm-hmm. no parts more important than the other. Um, and everyone is stronger if we work together with understanding. Like, yeah. it only benefits us to like ask questions and listen listen to the answers and yes. like work together and like uplift one another. Like, yes, there's no reason to put each other down. There's room for everybody to go up. Yes, as long as you those people aren't push other people Nazis down or turfs. Right, as long as you're, you know being kind to other humans and yeah as long as you're not a human monster that. there's room for you to move on up so those are my closing thoughts anyway excellent thank you both and thank you julia for being our wonderful guest today yeah, thanks julia thanks for having me on i had a lot of fun good yes we're delighted we to have you too. um hannah you want to wrap us up yeah you th- like this podcast this <laughs> I'm not you asking. Do. I'm not you asking like you. It. I'm telling you that you like this podcast and you want to find it on social media. That's the secret. That's the vision board. If I you do. Put it out there. It'll um, come back to you. So you I'm like convinced. this podcast and you are going to go to you. You are listening to this right now or whenever. If you're driving, don't do it right now. Are going to go to uh, Instagram, Facebook, and or Twitter, and you're going to follow us on social media. We are at Gay Gamers with a Z G A Y G A M E R Z. Uh, you're going to go to if it's gay we play or you're going to go to your own Gmail and then you're going to send an email to if it's gay we play at gmail.com or whatever email service you use statistically probably Gmail but whatever you use you're going to send us an email Um, you are going to like rate and subscribe we would love to hear some more reviews Um, reviews make us feel really good it makes us feel really good when you tell your friends and your folks uh thanks to all our new listeners we had a pretty big spike in listenership recently and that's extremely yeah. exciting for us so thank you to everyone who's listening and thanks to everybody who has uh told your friends and shouted us out and stuff we really really appreciate that each um, one of you means the world to us individually and collectively yes thanks for thanks aaron for our theme song is what i was trying to say aaron is the producer of this podcast thanks to aaron for producing this podcast and many uh, and other for podcasts our theme songs. on the network. Yes, and many other podcasts on the Stick Poke Prod Network, including No Exit, which is a horror comedy podcast, a comedy podcast about horror that I host with my friend Wendy, and uh, by the grace of Pod, Hot, that Hot. Uh, Aaron hosts with a bunch of his his friends. So go check them out too. They're on the network, Stick mm-hmm. Poke Prod, Stick Poke Productions, and. Um... There's some rumblings of some new things coming to the Are there? Yes, we have one, maybe two new shows coming within the next couple of months. That's very exciting. Get get lubed up for that. I am lubed and ready. Good. (laughs) Horny for this one. Yep. (laughs) So that's all the things. Thanks to Julia for being our guest. It was a blast. Um, thanks oh, to Julia, you. yeah. Uh, can should listeners? We'll post something about where to find you in the future when that happens. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. we'll keep you updated about yeah. uh, what about was the name Julia's of the game? Julia's new game. Dink's big Dink's adventure. big adventure. Thank yeah. you. I couldn't remember um, Dink's name. So that's all the things that we have for today. Um, we love you. Keep playing gay and keep being games. And fuck shit up. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.